after he passed away, because I knew this information, but I hadn't really put it to use. Like I could understand it on a, like a, you know, brain, like understanding, like, okay, could this really be possible? But I was also a math teacher. So I loved things that were concrete and explainable and five plus four always equaled nine. And it made me feel safe to like have those answers and that security and not be like this, like, oh, could this really happen? Or could this, you know, could I make connection with my parents even though they're no longer here? Like all that kind of seemed kind of like far-fetched to me, even though I had been reading about it for years. Hello again, friends and fellow truth seekers. Mike Nicholas here with another episode of the Soul Unleashed podcast, where my goal is to help you with the questions you might have regarding the awakening of your soul and particularly to help other left brain types like I think I am ask the right questions in our search for a deeper meaning to life. Ultimately, I want to help you unleash your soul from limiting beliefs and smothering paradigms. So let's get started with today's adventure. Today, I'm really pleased to have as my guest, Monica Morrissey, and Monica is an intuitive. She has her own business. She's an author of three books. She'll explain all that in just a few minutes. I just want to tell you that if there's any of you out there, and I know there's a number of people that do this, but if you link finding coins, like finding pennies or quarters or dimes as signs from your loved ones in the great beyond or the afterlife, you're going to love what Monica has to say because that's what her books are about and uh, Dimes from Heaven and uh, she has other titles. But it's a really interesting way that she presents this and I think you'll really enjoy this uh, podcast. So stand by. Hey everyone, Mike Nicholas here. Welcome back to the Soul Unleashed podcast, audio and uh, video. Today I'm really happy to have as my guest Monica Morrissey and uh, Monica is from Vermont, where they already have snow. And Monica, I'm just going to ask you just to get started, please. First of all, the the folks that you'll be talking to on this podcast are mostly skeptics uh, like me, who years ago would have thought, well, years ago, I would have thought you were a complete crackpot. But um, I don't think that anymore. And I'm happy to have you share with us today. But please, please tell us what it is now that you do, and then we'll get into how you got started doing it. Yeah, so I have a business called Intuitive Wellness that has many um, avenues, but I write about signs of the afterlife. I've written three books. I also have a card deck that's called Heaven's Messages, and I also have a grief journal, and I have IT Reiki. And my business is focused on our energetic system and understanding that in a different way. And wow. I believe, so I believe we're so sorry. One more thing. I believe that we're a soul with a body, not a body with a soul. And so I do a lot of soul care. I know that there's big, you know, everything's about self-care, but I want to tap into everybody's soul. Awesome. So tell us how you got started. First of all, I know that you're an author, right? You've written, what, three books now? Correct. Okay. So we'll talk about those in just a little bit, especially your latest book which from when I read about it, I saw your trailer on YouTube, which is really well done. But tell, tell us how you got started doing this. 
Well, um, originally I started kind of diving into this world in 2008 when I lost my nephew. He was only 21 years old and he got into a bad car crash and died instantly. And I was trying to help my kids through this and just not understanding it. And a colleague suggested that I read this book called Many Lives, Many Masters by Brian Weiss. And it set me on this journey of like understanding life at a whole different level. But I was really secret about it because I worked in public education and I didn't want anybody to know that like I was like, oh, you know, could we have like past lives where, you know, we were, you know, a a different person and all these things that all these new things that I had never been exposed to. And so that sent me on a journey of understanding. And it was almost like I was preparing um, for my parents' death. And my parents died about eight months apart. Um, My mother died on New Year's Eve 2014 slash 2015. And my, then I took care of my dad and eight months later, he passed away. After he passed away, because I knew this information, but I hadn't really put it to use. Like I could understand it on a, like a, you know, brain, like understanding like, okay, could this really be possible? But I was also a math teacher. So I loved things that were (laughs) concrete and explainable and five plus four always equaled nine. And it made me feel safe to like have those answers and that security and not be like this, like, oh, could this really happen? Or could this, you know, could I make connection with my parents even though they're no longer here? Like all that kind of seemed kind of like far-fetched to me, even though I had been reading about it years. So, so, um, so if I can just chip in real quick. So you, your nephew passed away in 2008. And so you read about these things. I'm familiar with the book, of course, you read about these things for seven years and, and then, and then you started to kind of put that into practice. Yeah. So I, you know, I went secretly again to see mediums and be like, okay, is this, <laughs> is this stuff really happening? Like I didn't even tell my husband where I was going. I'm like, oh, I'm going out with the girls. See you later. <laughs> and like, I did like all this kind of like secret studying. Cause I was also a public educator. So I don't mm-hmm. want to, you know, bring this into my, sure. you know, my classroom. Um, but then the things that happened after my dad died were just like, I wasn't even really like, trying. Like I I wasn't trying to connect with him. Like I could feel him, you know, like I felt his love near me, but I really wasn't trying. And then some things happened and my, so tell us, tell us what happened. Yeah. So, well, the first thing, so I always hike this mountain. We have beautiful green mountains here in Vermont. I always hike this mountain that was, um, and there's a lake at the bottom of the mountain. <clears throat> and it's uh, my parents had a camp, a family camp on the lake. So we we grew up there every summer. We spent there, and so a week after he passed, I hiked the mountain because I always hiked the mountain. And when I got to a certain spot on the mountain, I'd always call him. Um, the last summer when I was caretaking for him, we had twenty four seven care, and I always called him when I got to the mat- top of the mountain. And I said, "Hey, Dad, I'll be down for coffee." And I'd go and I'd check in on him because at that point I was still a teacher and not an administrator, so I had my summers off. So t- caretaking for him. So the first week after he passed, I'm like, "What am I gonna do when I get to the mount- top of the mountain? Like, I can't call my dad. I always called him." 
So I get there and there's this other family kind of milling around to um, couples and couple and then it looked like their parents and I was bawling and crying and I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm ruining your hike. Like I could have just sat there and cried. Like, why did I have to like reach out to these people that I didn't know? And I said, my dad just died. I'm just really struggling. And I just shared, right? Like, and so they all gave me a hug. I was sweaty and gross, but they all were like, I'll give you a hug. I'm like, sure. So I took four hugs from four strangers. And then the younger gentleman came over to me and he said, can I ask you a question? I was like, sure. I don't know. Like, what's he going to say, right? And he's like, do you have faith? And I was just like, oh, I just crumbled up there on that mountain. And I was like, Yes, you have no idea how much faith I have. Like I, that has always been a part of me. Um, and he said, "Well, I'm a minister. Could we say a prayer from your dad?" Now, to back up, I had told my dad that there was a spirit communication system. This is after he had had a stroke, so he couldn't talk, but I knew he was listening. And I told him that. I could call him anytime and he could call me and it was like, be like a telephone, right? So I was like, this is the telephone call from my dad. How You meant, you meant after he passed, you told yeah. him that that would happen. Okay. Yeah. Like I told him it was like a telephone, but it was different. It was invisible. And, you know, some people believed it and some people didn't, but I believed that he was still going to be able to contact me. So I got my phone call, right? I'm, I'm happy. Like, I was just like, that's the connection I needed that day. But a week later, I go to climb the mountain again. <laughs> so this is my way of dealing with stress, right? Like moving my body is part of the grief journey. And I share that in my vlog this week. So I'm like, I'm not expecting anything because I got my phone call. I was very happy. <clears throat> Guess what I found? So, well, okay. So back up again while I was taking care of my dad. Um, one day, one Saturday afternoon, he said, so your mom and I hid this coin collection. I think I know where it is. Let's go find it. And I was like, okay, <laughs> let's go find it. So the joke there is that I found two sex ed books on top of the coin collection. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that they were my parents. Come to find out they were my grandmothers from 1940. <laughs> so we had a good chuckle. Anyway, we found the coins. We had, you know, this laugh with my dad. And I started sorting the coins. And I started seeing patterns. He had four kids and 12, uh, I think 12 grandchildren. <clears throat> and, um, or maybe eight grandchildren. <laughs> I can't remember right now off the top of my head. Anyway, um, and I started putting them in piles and saying, well, four here and eight here and 12 here and, and different things. And one day he woke up from his nap and he said, hey, you know those dimes? They're Liberty Head dimes. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And he says, could we have those made into necklaces? I'm like, sure. Yep, we can do that. And so everybody got a necklace with their with their dime on it, and that's from the early 1900s. Mm -hmm. And then they um, everybody got like a certain coin collection, so they got you know different quarters and different things, um, some Canadian money that you know his family was from Canada. So <clears throat> anyway, so I had this conversation with my dad. One of the last times I could talk to him, I was bringing him from the camp back to home because we knew he was declining, and. 
I had this conversation with him about the furniture in his house and how I wanted him to pick which furniture everybody would get. Mm-hmm. And he said, ah, no, no, just whatever. <laughs> and I said, no, dad, you know, like a bureau is a bureau, but a bureau from your grandfather is a bureau. Like it really means something. And then I said to him, a dime, dad, is just a dime. But when it's a dime from your dad or your grandfather, it's a dime, right? And so little did I know (laughs) how much fun he was going to have with these dimes afterwards. So can you guess what I found in the exact spot that I would sit and call my dad on that mountain? I'm guessing, of course, it was a dime. It's a dime, but it was, wasn't. Was a, it a Liberty Head dime or what kind of dime? Not, it was not a Liberty Head dime. It was a dime. Um, and it just sent me on this journey. Like, And then I started sharing this story with some people. And they're like, oh, I've always wanted to believe in this stuff. But now, you know, now it kind of gave them the connection like, oh, if she can do it, I can do it. And if it's normalized and if it's okay to think this, then, you know, so I started sharing. But I'm not going to give the ending of my first book because the ending is just, the endings of all my books are just like, whoo, like mind blowing. Like, and so it wasn't that dime that sent me on a journey to write. I was really sick. And somebody said writing was therapeutic. And I just rolled my eyes. So two years later, there was another dime that I'm not telling. But somebody said writing was therapeutic. And I literally, I rolled my eyes and I put pen to paper. And I was just kind of like, this isn't going to help me. I need a pill to fix me. I, I need something to heal me, right? And out popped a book. <laughs> I just had no plans of writing. I actually hated to write. Math, again, was my security. And I flunked a writing exam in college. And I wasn't interested in writing whatsoever. How did you publish it? um, I did it through Balboa Press, which I I ended up pulling it back. And just I self-published it myself and worked through all of the hoops uh, through oh. Ingram, Ingram Sparks. And, um, I appreciate uh, how difficult that is because I'm going through the publishing journey now myself mm-hmm. uh, for my own book. And so I'm in the editing phase with the editors, but, but I understand how difficult that can be. So that's, that's very impressed, impressive doing well, it yourself. And the part, part of it is control. So like sure. I didn't want somebody to tell me how to write. Because that happened to me in school. And my writing style is different. And, you know, maybe it's not a traditional publishing book, but people have enjoyed it and found, you know, their own way with it. So there's this part of me that, like, you know, I just couldn't jump through all the hoops for, you know, a, a traditional publisher. So I just had to do it my way. And be okay. So were you still a math teacher during this time? Um. Let's see, not when I read, not when I um, wrote my book, but I was a curriculum director, which is an administrator that works uh, closely with superintendent. So um, I had seven schools that I was working for, and I'm also a professor at college. So like there is this, again, this side of me, I was very fearful to come Mm -hmm. out with my first book because, you know, I'm sharing about all these connections to the spiritual world. And, you know, what are my colleagues going to think of me? You know, all those things. Cause I had this persona over here 
Um, so it was a slow transition to what I do now. Um, it's a, I think I wrote my book in 2018 and published it in 2019 and thought that was it. And then immediately after people read it, they're like, when's your next book coming out? And I was like, wait a minute, what? Like, <laughs> I wasn't expecting it. So my second book is actually might be interesting to you is um, my journey to self-publishing. So it's called More Dimes from Heaven and it's my journey and it helps the next person who wants to write a book. Um, but it also shows like once I put pen to paper, all this weird stuff started <laughs> happening in my life. Like I can't even describe how many signs I got from spirit that was like helping me write that book. And so I kept track of them. Like for instance, I go to do business cards and I have like several different places around me that I live and I could have ordered them online too, but I decided to do a, like a local store and I was like, okay, you know, I want to support this, this store. And I walk in and they said, are you writing a book? And I said, yeah. And they're like, is it about dimes? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> you know, dimes from heaven. And they were like, that's kind of weird because we have a dime glued to the floor over here. And I was like, what? The business that I choose has a dime glued to the floor. Why? Like, there was a joke on the employee who kept dropping all their coins because they had holes in their pocket. Like, there was this whole story. But I was just like, there's my dad <laughs> <laughs> saying, good job. Like, right? Like, and I can't make this stuff up. They keep coming. So, Monica, how did you go from, from this journey, from the dimes, to and I don't know if I've shared with you, I don't think I have, but we lost our son uh, three years ago, 2020. And so I, I'm more familiar than I want to be about the grief process. But how did you go from that spot in your life to the past life regression? And really what's, you know, like a master course or a doctorate course in spiritual connection, you know, versus finding dimes. I have a lot of friends and relatives that believe in finding coins that their two pennies means it's from their father or, you know, um, there's a number of people that I know relatives, especially that believe those are signs from their, their, their deceased ones. But how did you get to where you are now, which seems like a long leap from that? Well, I like to say that I'm mixing my public education training with the spiritual world. So um, if you saw the bookcases, I don't have them behind me, but I am an avid reader. I can read three to four books in a week. I can just, and so like all this stuff is in here and now it's ready to come out and help other people. <clears throat> so, um, you know, I did a lot of online trainings. I'm just curious. And I just started being more curious and more curious. And so um, I'm also a health and life coach and I do EFT. I, I just kind of started following the breadcrumbs that lit me up. What's and EFT? So, what's up? I'm sorry. What's EFT? Oh, emotional freedom technique. So okay. um, after my nephew passed away, I did start doing past life work and also EFT work myself to heal myself because I also knew, and not that we're all, always be fully healed. But I knew that like part of the inner work was to heal myself. And so by writing, that's what started my healing journey too. And um, yeah, so I'm just kind of following those breadcrumbs. And 
um, also watching the universe unfold and listening to the messages. And, you know, my third book, Once Upon a Dime, is filled with stories that like, I, again, I can't make this up where, you know, somebody would reach out to me about something and I would have like a coincidence happen at that exact same moment. And that's what the story is filled with. It's not just filled with my dime stories. It's filled with all these other people who are experiencing this. So all, you know, from around the area that I live in. Um, yeah. And I just follow the breadcrumbs is what I say. Like, what, what are you curious about? <clears throat> so how, how would you teach somebody or tell somebody folks that are listening to this that believe that finding coins or, or certain things are from their, their relatives or their, their loved ones who have passed. How, how do you reassure them that that's the case? Um, so again, like I was a non-fleaver, <laughs> totally like, um, you know, didn't want to, I don't know, like if somebody saw a butterfly in the summertime, I see a thousand butterflies, but it's that intention. And so because my dad had showed up for a dime with a dime, then that, you know, helped my intention. So you can try an experiment. And this is what I encourage in my last book. I give you the directions to test this out yourself. And you're going to hear p other people who tested this. And so, um, for me, it's more about the feeling part of it. Um, and it's tuning into that love because I really feel that grief is about love. And so if that love continues on after someone passes, then how can you keep that relationship alive and how can you keep it going? <clears throat> so um, I'm going to give another example other than dimes to show this. So I am journeying through some grief right now with my brother. And I was like, my connection with my dad was very strong. My mom shows herself in pennies because she was a penny pincher. <laughs> and so like, that's kind of my little joke. But as soon as she passed away, boom, the penny started rolling in. And I was just like, okay, I really think that this is my mom. So my brother um, passed of um, alcoholism. <clears throat> His liver finally gave out. And I was processing my grief and went for a walk in the woods and was like, hmm. And I just kind of felt it and sunk into it. And I was like, I wonder if my brother's going to show me a sign in a different way. Like I hadn't tuned into like what would be the sign for my brother? Because, you know, it's not going to be a dime. That's always my dad. It's not going to be a penny. It's always my mom. Like, how is my brother going to show himself? And so I immediately like had that thought, and I kid you not. So we've had a bunch of snowstorms up here in Vermont. Every Monday has been a snowstorm for three Mondays. We feel like we're doing Groundhog Day. <laughs> so we have this heavy, wet snow on the trees, right? <clears throat> so I go to, there was this branch that was um, in my way. And so I had to kind of duck like this. And I kid you not, a big chunk of snow hit my head right here. And instantly I was like, my brother just pegged a snowball at me. I know he did. That is so him. And I could hear his laugh. He was just laughing hysterically at me. Like you wanted a sign? Here you go. And it was like that instantaneous um, process. And so like, I mean, just, I got like tingles just, you know, feeling this. So 
I decided to have a little bit of fun with him on his way to the service. Um, and I shared this at the service, but um, I was just like, I'm going to stay in tune with his sense of humor. I need some humor in my life. I'm going to remember to embrace his legacy. He was always picking on me. He was my older brother. He was always picking on me, right? <laughs> so I can remember, and th- you know, that's what grief does, right? It brings back all the good memories. So I really honored my brother for who he was before the disease got him, just to be clear. You know, we had a great celebration and and really thought about who he was before the addiction got to him. But since the snowball, I was like, I remember as a kid always fighting through that front seat. Of course, there were no seat belts. I'm that old. And we were always fighting for that front seat. So I took his box of ashes. I'm like, you're riding in the back, dude. <laughs> and I just had that like sense of lightness about me and just feeling his love. So, I'd, you know, like you can believe or you don't have to believe, but that belief is what's healing my heart and making me feel better and tuning into that love versus the anger, the, you know, the, the depression or the, you know, you do miss them. I'm not saying that we don't miss them. And, you know, I, like I said before, like I, I miss that relationship that I could have had if he hadn't, you know, been the person that he was. So I guess it appears obvious a little bit, but what would you tell people? What's the reason for the signs? Why, Mm -hmm. why, why does your dad leave a dime? Why does, um, you know, my relative leave two pennies or whatever? What's, what's the reason for that? Um, I think that it's to, um, help us understand this world in a very different way and to stay connected to them and to know that they're here to support us for the rest of our lives. Um, I also, it reminds me of their legacy, like who they were and how do I embody that in my life? And so that's what I like to do. Every time I get a sign, I'm kind of tuning into, okay, what's going on in my life that I could use a bit piece of my dad. And, you know, he was, he had his own business. So like I think about him and my business, like what would my dad do and how would he support me in this world? But I I just think that we're getting too bogged down in um, our thoughts mm-hmm. <laughs> and how our brains work and, you know, opening up to that spiritual connection. Have you been able to uh, communicate with your your father or your brother? through a medium, you know, where you've received any type of validation uh, of those signs? Yes. So um, this is a funny story. So uh, Rebecca Ann LeCicero, who does messages from heaven, and she works for the Forever Family Foundation. I'm very connected to her, and that's who I learned a lot from. Um, But uh, right after my dad passed, before I wrote my book, um, I was sitting in the front seat, with my dime necklace. I'm sorry, I'm not wearing it right now. Um, my dime necklace on. And she was doing a reading of somebody else across the room. And then all of a sudden she kind of comes back to the front of the stage and I'm right in the front row. And she was like, a dime a dozen, a dime a dozen. And I was just like, I kind of held my, you know, my necklace out. She comes over to me and she's like, is that an effing dime? 
And I was like, mm-hmm. And my dad came through so strong. Um, and the messages were just spot on. You know, he had rose-colored glasses. The three kept coming up. Well, we have three girls in our family. We have, um, and then he was like, oh, you know, the three kept coming up. Like, oh, he has three properties. He's so proud of his real estate. I'm like, mm-hmm. And then, you know, she's like, wait, did he go into the service? And I'm like, well, you know, that's a long story. But yes, he did. You know, like, so all of these validations started coming through. And I went to several of her um, events and he kept coming through. Like, it was like, boom, boom, boom. Like, okay. You know, it was almost like, okay, you want to open up the spiritual door? Well, let's, you know, let's shine on you. And so that then I could learn them at a deep level of my own stuff. And then, um, I can move forward. So the recommendation, um, as far as my brother coming through, I mean, I feel him, but I also know, um, and this is Rebecca and I'm sure there's lots of different views, but, um, she suggests six months to try to process it ourselves Mm -hmm. first and, and that, and they're, you know, adjusting to their new spirit world. Um, so I have not, um, done anything with my brother yet. Have you developed your own ability to, to do anything close to mediumship or how does that work? Yeah. So, um, I rely on cards. So I have, um, heaven's messages and I also have the talking to heaven with James Rand Prague. I've had, um, quite a few, um, good hits. I don't consider myself, you know, professional because I just haven't been to enough trainings to really get in touch with that. But I think that we all have this ability. And I know that I had this ability when I was young because I remember um, talking to entities and these floating balls outside of my window. I remember talking to them. So I know that that's a part of me. And what's funny is the times that like I don't share with a client. So a lot of times when I'm doing Reiki on a client, um, I can kind of tune into this and I can get those messages um, that help the person. But um, the times that I don't share it, they come out and say like, oh yeah, my grandfather, I think was here during this Reiki session. I was like, oh, <laughs> like I knew that, but I didn't share it because I was, it's that, you know, uh you know, like scared, you know, fear factor. Right. So I'm working on it and, you know, I don't think that I'm perfect yet, but I, I am getting a lot of hits. But you do think that other people can develop the same ability to communicate like you, when you communicate or you connect, do you hear or feel, or is it, is it both kind of things? Um, so I've got really gotten in touch with my intuition. So my intuition is very heart centered. And so that's where I feel it. And I also hear it, but I also know that um, the messages come from a certain angle. So mine come what I call a 45 degree angle to my right side. And that's how I know that the message isn't mine. But it also takes a lot of practice of quieting the mind. So meditation practices daily, like you have to be in tune with that quiet part of you rather than that busy, you know, oh, I got a grocery list or I got to go pay this bill and all that stuff, all that human stuff. We have to kind of shut down. We have to be out in nature. We have to do all those things 
on a regular basis because I do feel like that's part of the work. And how do the cards work that you do? Mm. Do you do, do, do you do those remotely for people like, like we're talking right now? Yeah, I do them remotely. I do them in person. I have several different decks. Um, they're very, uh, they're just so powerful and they just bring out whatever that person needs um, at the time. How are you inspired to create those? Yeah, well, man, you just want to get the waterworks going today, huh? So um, <laughs> this spring, when I wrote the card deck, um, I had one of my students who passed away. He was a twin. And he um, passed away suddenly. And I was grieving. And I sat down and I I was pretty close to this family. So like in my teaching career, I was, I just loved people and I just loved families. And I was just, I lived in my community that I taught and my kids grew up and I was just a really part of it. And my kids used to play with these kids. And so anyway, I sat down and thought what, you know, I have been in this work for so long, right. And, and dealt in reading all these books and understanding this, at a very deep level. And I sat down and I wrote down, what would I want them, that family to know? And what would I want them, the messages from heaven to be? And so I just sat down and wrote it one weekend and just sat by myself and just like processed all this stuff and just put it into a card deck so that if that family chose that they could, you know, draw a card and get a message from their son. Because I just think that losing your child, you know, and I tried to think of that too. And, you know, I lost my brother is that he was my parent's child. (laughs) And so I tried to remember that parent energy of how much unconditional love we have for our children. And so how would I want them or anybody, you know, connected to him? How would I want them to understand heaven in a different way than how society or how religion explains it. And so that's how those card deck, I never planned on writing a card deck. I never planned on writing a book, but um, these things have inspired me. So since you just mentioned it there, what, what does happen when we die? Well, I believe that our consciousness continues. And that we are just not in the physical form, that we are invisible, but you can tell, but you can feel it or see it or hear it, or, you know, depending on your different senses, your spiritual senses and how that they're um, working. So I think that they're right here. We just can't see them. Do do does our consciousness go someplace else? Like, is there a heaven or is there a hell or what happens? I don't believe in the hell version that has been created because I think that that was created to try to um, control people and keep them, you know, it like trying to um, behave. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I, I just, I protect myself. I put up a boundary and say, I'm not engaging in that. 
Um, I believe heaven is right here on earth. That we have to experience heaven within our hearts right now, just by appreciating everything around us that we have with gratitude, and that our ancestors and everybody are actually right here with us. And again, we just can't see them. Um, if you look at like pictures with orbs, or I've seen picture videos of like dogs barking at this like light that's kind of going around. And, you know, that could be an entity. And I don't mean in a ghost way. Some people get very confused from the movies and saying like, oh, you know, this is a ghost haunting me. Um, no, that's only a ghost haunting you if, you if that's what you believe. But what if it was just, your, you know, somebody that you love and they're here to show you support. And that's a much better way to live my life than that fear factor and turning away from this spiritual world, which is what I used to do. So if, if you've read Many Lives, Many Masters, then do you believe that we we do come back many, 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 many times? Yes, um, I do. I've healed myself through many past life regressions myself. And that's what encouraged me when I saw the deep healing that I was able to go through and move through by understanding. And it's just it's not about like the scene in the past life. It's about the patterns. My soul is trying to get a hold to try to get my attention. So my soul is here to learn a lesson, right? And learn well, many lessons. <laughs> and so I just want to help my soul evolve and grow. And that's what this work is all about. I also do dream analysis because I think dreams are from your soul. And again, it's not like the past life. I mean, it's similar to the past life where dreams, what you're seeing in the scene isn't the important part. It's what those things symbolize. I use Jungian theory um, to help with this. Um, but that that and the past life um, is just soul messages. What if you can never remember your dreams? Mm, you can ask before you go to sleep. You can put a little piece of paper underneath your pillow and say, I want to remember my dream. Um, and then also keep a pen and pa paper next to your bed because you want to write it before you actually like awake and go to the bathroom or something or go get your coffee. You want to write it right then and then you'll be more apt to uh, remember them. Um, okay. Also, Reiki helps. Like I teach Reiki. And so a lot of my Reiki students, once they turn on that Reiki energy, all of a sudden they're having all these dreams. And so that's part of the Reiki classes is like, send me your dream and then uh, I'll analyze it for you. And then um, we'll figure out what your soul wants you to know. <laughs> um, Monica, can you, I'm going to have to start wrapping this up a little bit because I've just found people won't listen much beyond 30 some minutes. Yeah. Um, can you just tell me the names of your three books again? And I'll put all those links in the show notes yeah. so people can hear it. Yeah. So my first book is Dimes from Heaven, How Coins and Coincidences Helped Me Discover My Life as an Empath. So again, it's about my dimes, but it also gives you health and uh, wellness tips that I learned about being a sensitive person. And that's what I discovered when I was writing. I was like, oh, dang, I think I'm really super sensitive. Everybody else saw it, but I didn't want to admit it. So really embracing who I am. My second book is More Dimes from Heaven, A Journey to Self-Publishing. 
And again, it's about my writing journey and all the crazy stuff that started happening around me and also gives you the tools to write your own book because I want you to share your story. My third book is called Once Upon a Dime. And um, Heaven is Talking to Us. Do you know how to listen? It's all the secret tips and understanding a little bit about grief too in the beginning. And then also just this understanding of how this spiritual dimension works. So giving giving you the tools so that you can kind of be your own medium and that you can um, test this work out yourself. Okay, perfect. And I assume they're all available on Amazon, right? Yep. And they're also, um, they're on audio, Kindle and paperback. And I actually have a paperback and Kindle with all three books in one. Super. Did you record them yourself? I did because I'm a teacher in me. I (laughs) I have to share my own story. Somebody else did it. They wouldn't, you know, talk it the way that I would. So, yeah. Awesome. So before we wrap up here, as, as you were approaching the interview, there's probably some things that you wanted to make sure that you covered, right? And so I just want to give you an opportunity to, is, is there anything that you want to convey that, or you were moved to convey or talk about that you didn't cover? Um, I could talk for hours about anything. So uh, after after I read your books, I'll probably ask you to talk again. So oh, I would <laughs> I would love that. Um, I think that the biggest thing is if you're doubting this, um, read the book WTF Just Happened by Liz Enton. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard of this book yet, but she's um, from the Connecticut area, and she was a sciencey skeptic. And she dove into the science behind it. So if you want to know more of the science, Liz is your gal because she tested it. She would sign up for mediums and be like, I'm not going to give them my credit card. I'm not going to give them my real name. Like she did all those things to try to hide her identity. And then the, these mediums like, you know, could, could read her. And she was just like, what's going on? So um, she just wrote a really great book and she continues her journey in this uh, world. So how, I, how do you spell her last name? Um, E-N-T, and I want to say O-N, but um, Enten? Enten. WTF okay. just happened. There can't and, be too many books out there with that title. So yeah, I'll find it. Okay. It was great. Well, to awesome. Talk to you, Mike. Thank you, Monica. I really appreciate your time and, and, uh, I can't even remember how we met, but I, I don't worry about those kind of things because it's supposed to happen. So I really enjoy talking to you and we'll talk again. Yeah. So the soul unleashed, let's unleash everybody's soul and let them be who they're supposed to be. Awesome. Thank you so much. <laughs> okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Well, that wraps up things for today. Thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed listening to Monica. Everything that we had talked about in terms of her links to her books and her online presence and everything is in the show notes. But uh, please, I'm sure you'll enjoy her books, especially if you uh, if you do look for coins when you think of your loved ones. Also, can you do me a favor and just remember to hit the subscribe button wherever you downloaded this podcast? And more importantly, if you could leave a review, that would be awesome. Helps other people like you find this podcast. And of course, that's what I'm hoping to do is reach other people that are also on the same journey. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye.